Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Chad Jarvis. And uh, how you doing, Chad? It feels like it's been forever since we've done one of these, but it's only been like a couple of weeks here. Yeah, I know. It feels almost right, but it feels almost a little early. Um, But, you know, we're, we're... The boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. And or in Portugal, Portugal. Uh, yeah. Um, everything blades is starting to, albeit it has been a slow trudge through the mud in the last what two months or since the season ended. Yeah, we've we've created a bit of buzz, and um, yeah, I mean we're getting back rolling. Boys are in preseason training and. A few more games to go, and we're back in the Prem, and it's, you know, we're going to be doing a preseason pod here in the next couple of weeks, so the juices are flowing. I've already did one watch along, and I talked a lot with my hands. If you haven't seen the video that I believe Hal from the Chef United Way showed of me calling people on the phone and when I just strongly <laughs> suggest you check it out. But yes, that's a long-winded answer, Noah, for I'm doing well. How are you tonight? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, summer is in full swing for me. Uh, it's surprisingly been a busy summer at work for me. So, um, you know, I'm trying to keep up minute by minute with what's been going on with our beloved Blades. But uh, usually I'm the last to know or you'll text me and that's how I'll know. I just don't have time to scroll through Twitter, uh, you know, sometimes like I normally do, unfortunately. But um, I'm good, man. Just uh, took a trip up to San Francisco last week. I uh, saw Dead and Company, which is, you know, ostensibly the Grateful Dead. Uh, I saw their last show. Um, I don't know if they're going to tour again, but they're like one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, got to see them, had a, a nice little weekend uh, up in the Bay Area. And, you know, just dealing with the bloody heat here in Los Angeles. Uh, it got up to about 110 Fahrenheit, which is what... I don't know, 50, 50 uh, uh, Celsius, which, yeah, is it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, all over everybody know everybody knows we're experiencing like the hottest summer on record globally. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's over um, here, too. I just think about the players on the pitch in Portugal earlier today. Man, that, that must have been sweltering. And I did see it was windy, but I'm sure it was like a, that hot heat. You know, and you know that's 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 a bad that's a bad scene, man. You you don't want any of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I cannot forget. I cannot forget because she will kill me. I did have some big news. If you guys don't follow me on social media, I did get engaged. I just had to throw that out there. I figured I'd get hit with a frying pan or something over the back of the head because I didn't what? mention that. Even though she doesn't listen to this podcast, but I did get engaged to my lovely girlfriend, uh, Lindsay. Now fiance. And, uh, yeah, now as as I call it, is she her girlfriend's got her some shirt and it looked like it said finance. I was like, oh yeah, so now you're my financee. <laughs> well, I just uh, I just want to wish you. I know I've done so already offline, but of course, congratulations, my friend. Uh, definitely looking forward to a the stag do, which yep. I hear pray tell maybe in South Yorkshire, and. Um, yeah, looking forward to the wedding, which you've also invited me to. Um, it's it's going to be great. I've, I've actually never been to North Carolina before, so it'll be my first opportunity to head out, you know, visit a state that I've never been to. 
Yeah, it's going to be a red half of Sheffield uh, wedding party. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> there will be there will be probably a ton of pictures and a lot of videos and yeah, that's tag do. If we're able to swing it, that is primarily where I want it to be is in in Sheffield with uh, with all amongst the Blades fans and what a better way to celebrate. So stay tuned for details. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely planning to come out this year. Uh, hopefully, for me, it'll be multiple times. I'm looking at a couple of dates right now, and there are some pretty damn cheap flights out there, which is pretty great. That Norse Airlines uh, flies out of LAX, and it's not too bad as far as flights are concerned. I think last time I flew to England, I paid like 800 or 900 American, and um, looking at their flights, it's about 500 American. So, yeah, that's really not... Not bad for a flight. No, no, not bad at all. Um, so, yeah, definitely uh, look for, look looking forward to that and more details on that to come in the near future. But before uh, we we talk a little bit more about that and our plans for the future, we got it. I mean, we got a kit release, man, and mm-hmm. it is a good one. Um, I, I have to say, Aria, they've been on point. Maybe the quality is not amazing but at least the kit designs the last two years have been phenomenal and this one's a banger i mean it's obviously an homage to that beautiful 1997 1998 wards kit that everyone is so fond of um big stripes i'm not as big a fan of like the large stripes but i think it looks good on this one and uh when they dropped it you know i I was like that'll do that'll do Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah i agree i mean We've talked numerous times about this new kit. I I like it. I mean, in in United World, it seems like it's either a hit or a miss. But what we have both said is it's going to boil down to what kit sponsor we find and how yeah. it how it fills in that empty part. Because I'm not going to lie, seeing them run around the pitch right now with nothing on the front of them after you know seeing so many years of you know, just getting used to having something on the front of the shirt to see a blank. It's kind of like it, there's something missing. And there's like, I mean, I know it's beginning to become a trend. Like Forrest doesn't do it. Chelsea, I don't believe are doing it this year to where they don't have a front sponsor logo. I, to me, it's kind of odd. So hopefully, you know, we, we didn't know what we were going to get into with Randox health. Wish they would have extended and, you know, paid a bit more money. But I understand tough times are tough and they didn't want to uh, uh, fork that money over. So whatever. Not selling as many COVID kits, you know. Yeah, right. (laughs) Now, now, you know, whatever. Obviously, they don't want to they don't want a gambling sponsor. So, you know, it's one of those who's out there and hopefully it's not a last minute deal to ink somebody on the front of the shirt because they're already not making the shirt available for pre-order yet because they said it's we're gonna have to wait till the beginning of august probably before the season kick kicks off before they have a uh a kit sponsor and make the kits available to us overseas you know yeah yeah i mean look if if you want to there's obviously those dodgy sites that you can get probably a blank kit off of which is cool you know if you if you like a blank kit. I have a couple of blank, uh, you know, no Herbalife sponsor galaxy kits that I, I actually am quite fond of. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it does in a way it does look better 
with a sponsor on it, which is such a weird thing to say because we've had some awful sponsors over the years that just made the kits look look really bad, in my humble opinion. Um, if you want more on that, you can go on our YouTube channel and watch our rankings of uh, our of like the best third kits. We did the best 90s kits and we did the best aughts or 2000s kits. Plug, plug. Definitely go and watch those if you haven't had the opportunity yet. But um, yeah, Chad, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. You know, uh, Deadbat's son, uh, Zedbat, he like mocked up a couple of like sponsors, it was either him or somebody else, that, and he just shared them. And uh, like the the Arnold Laver sponsor looks so good on this kit. Could you imagine if they'd be willing to? But the thing is, I mean, we're going to want a, probably a larger company. I don't know if they're going to be able to spunk however many millions of dollars in order to be on the front of United's kit. But uh, having that kind of classic sponsor on there for our return to the Premier League would just be mwah, chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they have whatever is dialed up. I know we have that um, – what did we sign a partnership with that? It was a company that – I guess their logo is like the letter P or something. I don't know how that – I they're probably going to be a, a sleeve sponsor, not the full center kit sponsor. But, you know, it, it all boils down to hopefully, you know, getting the cash flow and finding a sponsor that can actually afford it. Right. You know, somebody's got to be out there that wants to be on the front of us. Somebody, somebody out there for sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I've heard the rumors are circulating that the away kit is also going to be kind of a retro th throwback. And I, you know, I'll say this to anyone who will listen. If they do that sash kit, that 1992, 1994 away kit, that'll be, this may be one of the best years for kits for United that I can remember. Last year was great. I mean, that third kit was great. The away kit wasn't bad. The home kit was, you know, pretty flawless in my humble opinion. Um, you know, so, I mean, we're entering kind of, in my humble opinion, a new era of great Sheffield United kits. Yeah. I mean, I really doubted our, our kit sponsor when we first got them. Cause to be honest with you, I hadn't, I had not heard one damn thing about him. I was like, who the hell are these guys? Era, Arar, like, I don't, I didn't even know how to pronounce them. The manufacturer. Yeah. Not, yeah, not yeah. The sponsor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The kit manufacturer. And it's just like, who, I don't know what we're going to get. And yeah. Like you said, nailed it last year. And, you know, we're not off to a bad start. Although I will say the one thing you don't have an all white goalkeeper. I'm not a big yeah. fan of the old white. Yeah, I mean, as so many people have already talked about this, and I, I mean, I just want to, you know, iterate their points again because I think it's a good point. You know, look, keeper, you're going to be diving all over the grass. That thing's going to be bloody green by the end of it. Yeah, by the end of it, each game, and uh, I, yeah, I don't know how I feel about an all white goalkeeper kit. You know, I'm hoping that they're just kind of using that as a placeholder, kind of like we did last season with those like all white kits that we took to Portugal. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm kind of led to believe that, yeah, that's probably going to be the goalkeeper strip for the, uh, you know, for, for the home games at least. And what they say is, you know, having a white goalkeeper kit, it's almost like having a white lighter. It's bad luck. So that's why uh, when I first saw that, when I first saw that, that's immediately what popped in my head. I was like, Oh my God, we're cursed now. Thanks guys. But maybe it's not. A don't you, don't you put that evil. 
Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you dare. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when the away kit is released. We'll probably get that within the next like week and a half, two weeks, hopefully. Uh, probably upon our return, because look, we're playing Ravram, and you know they're going to play in red at home, so we'll probably have an away kit by then. Mm-hmm. So looking out for that. Moving right along here, um, we have not recorded a podcast since we spoke with Jimmy from Blades Ramble at the time. The rumors were swirling and circling, and yes, indeed, we have made some of the signings that we talked about. Uh, first and foremost, we'll talk about the first through the door, Honest Ben Slimani from Bronby in the Danish Superliga. I mean, this could be, looking back, you know, next year we'll see, but this could be one of our best signings in the last few years because, um, A, it's a permanent, and, B, it's less than a million quid a million, like basically a million pounds for this guy. Um, and I watched I watched him today. He looked really good in that second half. You know, he can ping a pass pretty well in that midfield. He had a shot from about 25 yards out and he hit the bar. But um, yeah, he looked to be a proper player. I don't know if he's going to start. Like, look, if we can get a Tommy Doyle back, you know, if we could get that quality of player, obviously they're going to feature immediately um, with Sander Bedgay in the midfield and, probably Ollie Norwood rounding it out. But um, he looks like he could be a super sub for us. You know, Norwood gets tired in the middle of the game uh, for whatever reason. You know, Bedgay isn't working out in that game. You know, you can sub him on and uh, he likes to tackle. You know, he goes in really hard on those tackles. I'm really good at winning the ball back. Uh, and I mean, he could be a real player for us. He's scored or, uh, he scored seven and assisted seven in 69 games. Nice for Bronby. Um, and like I said, he can finish and he, he, he has a good pass in him through the midfield. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious, you know, <clears throat> I'm one of those people that doesn't, you know, when the rumors start, I don't jump on YouTube and watch his highlights. I want to see particularly, I want to see the low lights. I want to see what he does when he's terrible. But that's just me because I'm weird like that. But, you know, I didn't jump online and check any of these players that we've signed out. I'm curious to see. And Now, granted, I didn't watch much of today's uh, friendly, which by the sounds of it was terrible. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited. We're getting these unknown products. Obviously, we're taking flyers on all of them. And so we're not going to slam – down on the table as much cash as everybody thinks we need to slam down we're taking you know these contracts and they're only couple they're not very long deals and i wouldn't be surprised if they had release clauses in them if we get relegated next year to where we're not taking a hit that bad on these players and if they don't work they don't work hey it is what it is expectations are us not to stay up you know and if, and if by the grace of God we do stay up, then it, it just almost urges us on, and it probably means that some of these players that we brought in through this window have done a good to great job to help us stay up, you know? Yeah, I, I really do like our recruitment strategy, you know, just kind of being a little bit more expansive on this right here. We're looking at good quality players in lower leagues, you know, it, and when I say lower leagues, I mean in Europe, you know, leagues that you're not going to really think about. I mean, the the Danish Super League, I, I doubt there's, you know, 
a lot of people who are waking up on a Saturday and watching the Danish Superliga in America or England, um, you know, and that I think is a testament to our scouting department. I think our scouting is better. And our, like I said, our recruitment strategy is to go for high potential, low cost targets from outside of England. And I, I think there is a lot of quality out there. I mean, there tends to be, and we've talked about this numerous times, and we even talked about recruitment from, you know, mainland Europe, um, as far as, you know, being a good recruiting strategy on this pod, but um, lost my train of thought there for a second. Uh, you know, this strategy, I think, could bode very well. There is that England tax that we always talk about. If he's, if a player is English or is playing in England, he's, he's going to require a larger transfer fee than a similar quality player abroad. I mean, it's yeah. just a fact. You know, these these clubs on the mainland, you know, of Europe have uh, less money to spend. First and foremost, typically, um, especially you know, if you're in the top, if you're in the uh, if you're comparing Premier League to a top league in Spain or in Italy or you know in the Danish league or in the Bundesliga or in Liga Un, like r- regardless. Um, and so I think with this being our recruitment strategy, we could find some of these hidden gems uh, and continue to find them, bring them over. And if they can take that step up, obviously their value increases, you know, I don't want to say exponentially, but it could increase. And when it comes time, we can sell them. If we, you know, God forbid, go down, we can sell them and rake in some money and that'll prep us for life in the championship. You know, if we do go down. Yeah. So, um, you know, in summation, I just think it, it these have been really, really good, smart, keen moves uh, from our front office staff. Uh, and I think Honest Ben Slimani will do well next season, whether it's starting, whether he comes in off the bench. I don't think he's going to, you know, set the world alight, but I think he'll he could potentially be a serviceable Premier League midfielder next year, next year for yeah. us. Yeah. I, I, I certainly hope he comes good. And I like, there's none of these, like, I mean, there are people probably listening to this being like, no shit, dumbass. It's not like I'm coming into it and be like, oh, I hope this guy sucks or he, you know, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be worth a damn or, you know, he's, he's, you know, going to be terrible or something like that. No, I hope they all succeed to a certain extent because like, like you alluded to, most of these players probably aren't going to be in our squad day one. Like they're not going to be in our starting 11 against palace. When we kick off the season, they're probably going to get sprinkled in over, you know, the first month, two months. And basically up until that, that first international break, which I think is in October this year. um, I think that's when we'll kind of, you know, sprinkle them in because you gotta, you gotta look back to last year. McAtee and Doyle, they didn't start right off the bat. You know, we sprinkled them in here and there, and then they got more playing time as the season wore on. So I think that's how it's going to be. I just hope when these players get their chances in the starting 11, they take full advantage of it. Yeah. No, agreed. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, The next player I'll talk about is we got a loan signing from Troy. It's uh, Yasser LaRussi. He's 22 years old. Um, I think they were ju- uh, Troy were just relegated to Liga 2, uh, I think, or 
maybe they spent last year there. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I don't have that up right now, and I don't really care to look it up right now. Um, anyway, he's our player for the season. He played today in Portugal, and um, he didn't impress, you know. Uh, I thought he made a lot of errant passes. His runs weren't great down that left-hand side. He's a, he's a left wing back, basically. Um, for me, he was not a marked improvement on Max Lowe. So, yeah. you know, and then we have to figure out, you know, what's the timetable for Reese Norrington Davies? Uh, are we going to expect that Reese will be back by the start of the season? At this point, having heard nothing, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I don't think there's any way that Reese Norrington Davies is fit. And, you know, that's almost a year. You know, this could be like a Jack O'Connell sort of situation, which, I mean, that's the worst case scenario. But hopefully he is on his way back, Reese Norrington Davies, because he was playing so well in that starting left center back position. Um, we all know that what he can do down the wing, he's great down the wing as well. Um, and it becomes a situation if he does come back, you know, uh, do you start Jackie Long throw in left center back and have Reese Norrington Davies push out to the left wing? Do you start Reese Norrington Davies in the left center back position and either have um, LaRucci or, uh, or, or Max Lowe push out on the left, on the left wing there. So um It'll be interesting to see what happens, but based on today playing against a side that finished, you know, 18th, I think, last season in, in Portugal's top league, um, didn't impress. Really, really didn't impress. Granted, it's his first game. You know, I mean, a lot of people are, are probably going to blow me up for this, saying, what are you talking about? Give him a chance. This is his first game. He doesn't know the system, yada, yada, yada. Um, there were simple mistakes that he made to me that either is inexperience or youth or what have you. Um, he could come good. You never know it. Look, it's the first game in the preseason. I'm not going to harp on this, even though I kind of am, but uh, I just think he probably needs more time. So I, I, I expect him to probably to start against Ravram next week or start the next day after that. Um, who are we playing on? Who are playing? Who are we playing after that? A uh, Girona? We're playing, I think, that Italian side. Yeah, I think that's that's sprinkled in there as well. Yeah, Darby's in well, I, there. Yeah, I look for him to start one of those two games, either Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, um, and just kind of see what he can do. Uh, given a full 90 minutes. I think that now that we've gotten these two, you know, half squad games, basically where, you know, you're splitting the squad in half, making the subs at halftime, um, I think we will see – come next week more, you know, it's going to be a starting 11 and then we'll make subs, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think they'll play a good 55, 60 minutes, you know, so maybe he won't get a full 90, but he'll get he'll get enough of the game to really kind of get into the flow of things. And it was a real stop. I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit later on the pod, but today was real stop start for United, especially in that first half. Yeah. And, and like you said, he might be one of the ones that comes along later in the season, you know. Maybe we give him see maybe it's one of those where we give him a run out in the Carabao Cup, the early sessions in the Carabao Cup, you know. Maybe to get his feet under him, figure out how to play in England and maybe give him a chance maybe off the bench. I don't know. I just yeah. don't feel you know, I want him to succeed, but I just don't feel comfortable about this one. I'll have to see how he builds through the preseason, you know. Yeah, one 100%. It's definitely going to be a wait-and-see sort of situation. You cannot pass 
so much judgment on 45 minutes yeah, right. in, a, in a nothing preseason game. Yeah. Lastly, and uh, definitely not the least important, um, is Benny Adama Traore from Hacken. Uh, an estimated fee of 3.5 million pounds. And this is one that I am super excited about. We talked about those, you know, uh, cheap but high potential signings. And uh, Benny Adama Traore really does fit that mold. He is, you know, exemplary of that. 12 goals in 14 games, plus two assists in the league for Hacken last season. And um, I watched his YouTube highlights, and this kid is pacey. Uh, he's got an eye for goal, a little bit selfish, but you need that kind of from a primary like out and out striker, which is what he is. Look, he's not, you know, he's not in the mold of like uh, a Didsy or um, a McBurney, really. He doesn't, he's, he doesn't have the height. He's, I think he's five, eight and that's on a good day. Yeah. Um, but, but just having that eye for goal. And I'm not saying that, you know, the, uh, the Swedish league and, Hacken are like an amazing side, but he did help them win the league last season. He helped them win that Swedish league. Um, it's not, it's look, it's not one of the best leagues in Europe, but there's that potential there and he's got the touch. So he has the raw talent. It's a matter of can Sheffield United mold him into a premier league striker. Um, yeah. So I, it's, we're going to have to see, we're going to have to see. I, I, I'll also mention he got 13 goals and 13 assists in six cup. I'm sorry, 13 goals. He got three goals and three assists in their cup last season. So in 20 games in the 2022-2023 season, he had 20 games and 20 goal contributions. That is impressive. Um, and then that was coming back from injury too. He was previously injured with a broken leg. He was out eight months um, and I cannot wait to see him play on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever, you know, whenever heck he puts him in the side. Yeah, you think he's going to get a run out in the next game, you would imagine. But, yeah, I mean, everybody online, they they seem to be, you know, singing his praises. His interview yesterday for United was not – I don't know what you want to call it, but it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see a little bit of pace in him and maybe pot us a few goals this season. You know, add yeah. a little depth to that room that we've been, you know, and, struggling. And the, nice, the nice thing is that we've got options now, you know, yeah. um, if Asula, if like, look, one of Asula and Jebison is probably going to go out on loan right now after, you know, look, two games, I'm putting Jebison out on loan. If, I, if I'm the club, mm -hmm. just, I think he could probably stand to have one, you know, one season or a half season uh, playing championship football on a weekly basis, probably a lower half side that's going to struggle, um, but hopefully that can provide him service. Um, Asula, again, everything but the finish today, uh, just like he he did on on Saturday. Um, I, they're two good, two, there were two decent games from Asula. Um, right now, though, Asula, third or fourth choice striker for me. Yeah. Um, and here's the other thing about Benny Adama Traore. Okay. If we want to play more, if we want to play two strikers and then a, a, and Dye as the ten, if and look, all of this is presupposing Njaye is going to stay, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But if he does stay, and we'll talk about Njaye in a minute, in a couple minutes here. If Njaye does stay, then we could in a, in a game where we need to be more attacking. 
um, maybe against a weaker defensive team. One of, you know, one of the sides that's going to be in and around the bottom where we're saying we need three points against this club. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we absolutely need, you could start Adama Traore. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Benny Adama Traore and Ollie McBurney up top have Illumin and Jai fallen right behind them in that 10 role, that kind of role that McAtee was sort of playing last season. Um, And you know, that, that could be a, a, a potentially dangerous goal scoring threat, the three of them right there. So uh, I think the way we're building out our squad right now, it makes me happy. You know, you've got a target man in Ollie McBurney and then a pacey striker in Benny Adama Traore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly gets you a little excited. You know, we'll see if it pans out. We shall see how it pans out. Anything else on uh, on Benny Adama Traore before we move on to Illumin and Jaye? No, I'd like to see. I'll, I'll pose this question to you: How many do you think we get in before the window? You think we close her down? This is it. You think we get anybody else in there? So you know, with the rumors kind of circling, I I do want to talk actually briefly about another rumor that's I that I think might be true. I think. Uh, Jimmy from Blades Rambles talked about this. Darren Smith has talked about this as a potential. Um, and I'm going to butcher the name right here, but I know how to pronounce his surname. Uh, Abdule Njaye, who is with uh, Lyon in La Liga. Uh, not La Liga, uh, Liga 1. And um, he's a left-footed center back. And we need a left-footed center back. I, I don't know. I've never seen him play, obviously. I know virtually nothing about him but it's that senegalese connection right there you know the two njays um and everybody said he's potentially very very good he's 21 years old um and we could probably get him on pretty cheap money and as either coverage for jackie Longthrow, or if he you know if we determine that he's good enough to start for us in the pram next season um I, I think this one has got some traction. I think this is a signing we will wind up making. But to more broadly answer your question, Chad, I do think that we're probably going to be in for at least one more midfielder, and we need another quality midfielder, probably on loan, probably from another Prem side. We will use a Prem loan on a midfielder. Hopefully it's Tommy Doyle, but I, I don't know at this point. It depends on if City want to send him to you know either another Prem side or um, if – I don't think he goes back to the championship at this point. I think he he's probably going to go to a prem side on loan because he's not making that Man City team. Um, so another, at, at least one more midfielder, hopefully two, and hopefully two that are quality that could potentially start for us. Um, for my money, I think we also need coverage for Egan. Look, we've got coverage for Anel and Bash. We have, you know, we're potentially going to get another left-sided center back, you know, basically filling that Clark role. So we need coverage for Egan. God forbid if Egan goes down, we're so fucked right now. Yeah, Um, that's very true. So we need a serviceable center center back, you know, in a back three. Um, As far as strikers go, we're good. I think, you know, it's pretty apparent that we're going to roll with Wes to start the season out. If, you know, if he has himself a couple of shockers, we might look for a loan keeper from another Prem club. Uh, I could see that potentially happening. But I see us signing permanently at least two more players and obviously we'll use both of those loan signings. 
That's 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 how I see it going down. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I want to move on to the other Njaye, or I should say the prime Njaye, uh, Illumin Njaye, that is. And, you know, when we last talked, Chad, I mean, the rumors were swirling that he was already gone. The deal was as good as done to um, uh, Marseille, to Olympique Marseille. It seems by, you know, all accounts, that's fallen through at this point. And he could be staying at least for this year, which is, I think, what everybody wanted. The question that I pose to you, the, the rumors, again, swirling around him, signing another contract, giving us a 12-month extension where if we do go down, we you know we put in a reasonable release clause for him and say, you can go wherever you want, basically. You pick the club that, that's interested in signing you. We'll let you go there, um, but just give us 12 more months so we can recoup a little bit of money from you. You know, you don't really owe us that, but at the same time, um, you know, could be good for you, could be good for us. Um, What are your thoughts on that, potentially? I think it works out for both parties. I agree. I I just think, you know, the rumor mill that gets swirling about Olympic Marseille and all that, okay. Yeah, that's fine and dandy. This is favorite boyhood club, whatever, blah, 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 blah. We've heard it a million times. I think what's going to happen is we're going to sign him for a year, put the release clause in there, and I sound like a broken record because I've heard this a million times. We're going to sign him for a year, put a release clause in there. If we get relegated, see ya. There might be an option to sign further for us if he wants to, if we stay, stay up. And he wants to play for us again, or it'll be in a release clause in his contract. He'll send, then we'll send him to Marseille, or we might send him somebody in the Prem. If he if he balls out and has a season like he did last year, hell, Man City might come for him. Yeah, who who knows? Yeah. So I yeah. mean, it, it, it in theory, it works for both sides. He gets a contract extension. Is the highest played United pit. Highest paid United player, and then we get him for another year, possibly even half. Because if we're down by Christmas, United might just say, "Hey, we're going to offload you. Go wherever you want." You know, so at least we get a half season, hopefully a full season out of him. Then let him go to greener pastures, and we go on our way, and we get a payday for him. That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah, same. Agreed, one hundred percent. I, I think, you know, regardless of whether we stay up this year, I do think this is maximum in Jaya's last year as a blade. Somebody's going to come along. You know, if he can prove himself in the Prem with goals and assists and skill, uh, like he did in the championship last season, I think he will fetch a fee of between 25 and 30 million pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, everybody was saying, uh, like, our their current valuation of him is about 17 million right now. That's like what the rumors were were uh, were saying about what you know United wanted for him from from uh, Marseille, but you know every goal in the Prem adds you know a, a few million uh, a few million to his overall value. So yeah. hopefully he goes and absolutely smashes it, increases that value. We can get get some of the, we can get some money for him in the off season. He extends his contract. We get some money for him in the off season. We can reinvest that back into the club regardless of whether we go down or stay up. Yeah. No. 
hopefully hopefully in the end it all works out for everybody at united and you yeah. know we don't want to say you know it sounded like it was a condescending comment like i don't want the best friend die but no i mean you know do your service for the club and then go off into wherever you want to go thanks for everything you've done now you're going to give us some cash flow to continue on to hopefully find the next element in that. Yep. 100%. 100%. So let's move right along here. Let's talk about the first couple of preseason games. Uh, we played Chesterfield this past Saturday. You were on the watch long, as you alluded to earlier on the Chef United way. Again, plug, plug. Um, and it was a pretty decent game. I mean, the first half, you know, obviously, look, we're playing a National League side. Uh, we had a mix. I thought the two sides were much better mixed on Saturday than than they were today. Um, I thought the second half side today was much stronger than the first half side. And obviously the the play was reflective of that. But um, Willis Sula, I mean, he could have been, he could have been on a hat trick. We tweeted this out. You know, he had three golden opportunities in that first half shots from like prop like everywhere, basically. Uh, and he just could not find the back of the net. His best chance was when he just whizzed it right past the left side of the post and hit the net, the side netting there. Um, yeah, he had a good he had a good game. Um, second half, Sander Bedke looked great. Njaye, best player on the pitch, of course, as he was always going to be. McBurney had himself a good game. He got that assist to Benno, very unselfish on the second goal, I thought. Um, just kind of sliding it over for Benno on the left-hand side, who just easily potted it past the keeper. Um, yeah, we looked good against Chesey. Really, really good. I never were in, in, in any danger of conceding. Um, and today was a different story. Uh, that that side from Portugal, and I, I, the name is going to elude me, and I just probably can't pronounce it. Um, I thought that, you know, obviously they're they're much better side than Chesterfield is. You know, we're talking about a fifth league, fifth tier uh, side in 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 the English football uh, pyramid versus, you know, top league in Portugal, albeit one of the one of the bottom half sides. Um, but I mean, due to Wes's goalkeeping, we kept it at nil nil, really, because the defense was not great throughout this game. Yeah. Uh, in the you know, to sum up the first game, yes, against Chesterfield first half. Yeah, second half, we kind of showed the class that United can be. Today, I didn't see much of it, but yes, the first half that I saw, okay. Second half, yeah, it was kind of reverse of the first game. But you know, it's just we're we're it's it's almost like Hecky's got a big pot in front of him, and he's just swirling around, and he pulls out. I oh, will put you here, 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 here. It just kind of throws it out there and what works, what works, I guess. Yeah. One of the players that I thought looked halfway decent, that's a youth player, is uh, Louis Marsh. Um, definitely one to look out for. The trialist, whose name, again, is going to escape me, the lad from Bournemouth. He looked good. Um, I'd sign him up on a youth contract. And, well, he's not so young. Uh, you know, just to play with the under-23s for the first part of the season, see how he does, maybe gets the call up to the big club. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, look, the players that – are going to shine, shined, and the players that were our youth club, our, our youth club players, uh, they were okay, okay, serviceable. Yeah. Yeah. But you know they're going to be spending this season with the under twenty threes. So um, 
you know, the future is bright as far as our academy is concerned. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. That is, you know, that's a very good point you bring up. That is one bright spot in this in this United world is that the the youth academy is in very very good hands. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, anything else you want to say about the games? Uh, you know, I, I, I'll talk about Willisula a little bit. He had that overhead chance. Um, he had the offside goal in in the game today. He had that overhead chance that was actually a lot better than people thought. I mean, he got it on frame. The keeper made a really, really good save to keep that out of the net. I mean, he deflected it off the bar. I thought I thought Asula hit the bar with, with that bicycle kick, but no, it, that was on frame, and it was by the grace of a really, really good save by the keeper that, you know, we didn't go 1-0 up and win this game 1-0. Um, Just have so, a go, man. Just have a yeah. go. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying, like, Asula just looks the more fit. He looks pacier than Jebison right now. If if you have to keep one in the side, send one out on loan, I'm sending Jebison out on loan, keeping Asula in reserve, you know, as a, what, third or fourth choice striker at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... That's how I see it kind of panning out. Um, I mean, Asula, I think, just needs more game time. You know, we we recalled him last season. He broke his face. He broke his jaw. He couldn't play. He finally got some game time towards the end of the season. He just needs to work on his finishing, man. If he can work on his finishing and start start scoring some goals, man, he is going to be a right player for us. Oh, yeah, 100%. So uh, I think I, I'm pretty sure that's all we have to talk about this, this podcast, right? That's yeah. Do you have anything else you want to bring up before we get going? No, we we basically, for the most part, touched on everything that's going on in the United World. As I alluded to at the beginning of this pod, that you know the wheels were very hard to turn at the beginning. Didn't didn't think anything was going to happen in the span of a week. We've had a kick release, three players signed. It's like, oh wow, hold on, hang on. I wasn't ready for this. Yeah, yeah, and you know we were in the doldrums. It seemed like. Two weeks ago, no kit release, no players through the door. Now we've got the kit release, three through the door, potential for more, and Jaya might stay. Um, things are looking up, Blades. We, yep. we might actually make a season out of this. We might have a fighting chance of staying up this season. Uh, but we will talk more about that later. We'll talk about our predictions on our preseason podcast, which should be coming to you within the next couple of weeks, uh, looking at our schedules here. Um, so, you know, before we get going, Chad, give everyone your social media. You can find me at Jarvis underscore 13 on Twitter and Instagram blades in the USA. Go over there and follow it, please. I've been meaning to. You say that every pod now. (laughs) Yeah. Do more stuff over there, but I've just been, work has just been so insanely busy and I promise I'll get over there. If any, if, I need at least five subscribers to that page or likes on that page. And then I'll be like, okay, there's at least some people interested on it. Well, if five of you listening to this right now, we know, we know we've got at least five of you out there who aren't subscribed to blades in the USA. Maybe you're an American blade listening to this. Maybe you're just like us, you know, one of the dozens of American blades out there, (laughs) please go ahead and follow uh, Blades in the USA. Chad will start posting more content. Uh, maybe we'll have a couple of watch parties this year. That would be great. 
Yep. Oh, that yeah, would be sure. amazing. Because sure. you know what? You and I, you and I, if look, if I'm gonna be going to your wedding, going to your stag do, Chad, you and I are probably gonna have to meet in person at some point. Which if for those of you who don't know, Chad and I have actually never we've been doing this podcast fastly approaching three years now, three years now, and uh we've never met in person, yeah. which is just insane to think about, you know. I think of Chad as one of my one of my best friends, and I've All never right. met him in person, you know. It's it's yeah. the most bizarre thing. Uh, but you know, we just haven't been able to align our schedules over the last couple of years. So maybe, just maybe, we'll set up some sort of meetup for all the blades in the USA to come out, watch a game, watch a match, uh, you know, go on the piss a little bit, have a good time. We'll talk about that later. Maybe we'll make plans for that. Um, you know, maybe for October or or early November because yeah. there's a couple of ho- couple of holidays in there. Maybe a long weekend. That might yeah, sound good. Sure. Yeah, that might be for good. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on social media at um, Nessman930 on Twitter. Wow, it's really been a while since I've done this. Uh, and Sunpuck on Instagram. And uh, please do follow our podcast, The Red Half of Sheffield, on social media. You can follow us at Red Sheffield on Twitter, at The Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube page, please do so. Just type in Red, The Red Half of Sheffield on your YouTube search bar. We should be the very first uh, item that comes up. Please give us a subscribe. Watch those those videos that we did ranking our favorite kits from the 2000s, the 1990s, uh, and our favorite third kits of all time. We should be dropping our 2010s video maybe sometime in the next week, depending on schedules, Chad. Uh, So look out for that. Um, some really good kits in, in there, some really bad kits in there. Uh, it'll be fun to rank those as well. Um, so I guess that does it for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. Uh, Chad, up the blades. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. Mm-hmm.